permission to come aboard. Welcome to the Suicide Squadcast. This is the DC Universe podcast where we discuss the DC Extended Universe movies and TV shows. We're all big fans of what DC Comics is doing on the big and small screens, so we want to make sure we talk all about it. So thanks for joining us today. Let's get started. My name is Scott, and here's another edition of the Suicide Squadcast. Yeah, Tim's out of town this week. He wasn't going to be able to record. Brent graciously agreed to help co-host this week, but when it came time to record, we were planning recording last night. Uh, I'm going to be frankly honest, I was too dang tired. I, I was like, uh, you know what? I could record a podcast with Brent or I could go to sleep under an electric blanket. Needless to say, my bed won last night, but it was okay. I was looking at the notes and going, you know what? This seems like a really appropriate episode that I could just do as a solo show and Brent and I could get some sleep. So here I am the next day planning on recording this episode. Um, got some, hopefully got some really good stuff for you this week since it is just going to be me. And uh, so I want to thank everyone for downloading and tuning in. And, um, you know, let's let's get on with this show. Now, before we get started with the news this week, I would like to remind everyone that we are members of the Suicide Squadcast Network. That does include DC Comic Squadcast with Chris and Jordan coming off of their 100th episode. Once again, congratulations on that, guys. And also Fans Without Borders and DC TV Squadcast, hosted by Brent and Ray. Uh, I'm not really sure. You know, Fans Without Borders, they talk about different topics. I'm going to be interested to see what topics they're talking about this week. Probably will include one of the stories I'll be talking about today. And also DC TV Squadcast, which just dropped their latest episode, where they discussed the Season 5 premiere of Gotham and the first three episodes of Young Justice Outsiders. So, want to, you know, tune into the, all the guys in the network uh, looking forward to you know all the content they'll be producing also want to take a minute here to thank all of our patrons over on patreon we really you know we really do appreciate the entire network we thank you guys for all the support that you give us and um, you know if you are not supporting us yet and you might want to consider becoming a patron we just want to remind you that it's that five dollar level at patreon.com slash media that gets you access to an exclusive RSS feed with all the bonus content. I do know that last week, the movie Squadcast review of X2, X-Men United, has been recorded. It's in the can. I'm sure that once Tim gets back in town, he'll start producing that puppy and probably have it sometime next week. Um, Go ahead and turn your attention to some other things that I know are on there. Uh, Brent and I recorded a retrospective of the first two seasons of Young Justice to get ready for the premiere of Young Justice Outsiders. And I also did produce the first episode in a little weekly uh, short solo show that I'm hoping to, you know, get off the ground. Uh, it is uh, cheesily referred to as Scott Shots, uh, where right now I am offering my personal opinions on Young Justice Season 3 since we are not going to be officially reviewing that series on this show. 
So go and check that out. I do know also that Jordan and Chris are going to be thinking about recording a certain analysis episode about another piece of news that I'll be talking about this week. And I might be joining them for that. Depends on how the timing works out. So once again, for those of you who are already patrons, I want to thank you for your support. And just to let you know that you've got a lot of content coming. And then for anyone who might be considering, there's a lot of content already there and even more on its way. So once again, that's at patreon.com slash squadcast media. Okay, let's get into the news. Aquaman, box office update. Spoiler alert, it's making a ton of money. Uh, I'm recording on a Saturday. As of Friday, January 11th, Aquaman stands at a worldwide box office total of $988.6 million. One billion will be happening today on Saturday. You should wake up on Sunday morning with the understanding that Aquaman will have reached $1 billion worldwide at the box office. Now, uh, something that I noticed while I was scrolling through Twitter, it is important to note that on Friday, January the 11th, Aquaman actually started losing screens in domestic movie theaters. The total was it lost 321 screens in the United States, which of course will cut into its box office totals moving forward. Uh, The same source also made the note that a lot of comparisons have been made between Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle success this time last year and Aquaman's success this year. But you, those comparisons are going to start to be a little bit off because at this same time last year when both Jumanji and Aquaman were going into its fourth weekend, while Aquaman is losing screens because there's more competition coming out and more movies demanding those screens, Jumanji was actually gaining screens by its fourth weekend. So some of those comparisons that were being made to the two films now, we're kind of getting into apple and oranges mode because, you know, they don't have equivalent number of screens to compare to. However, it can be expected for Aquaman to reach $300 million domestically in the U.S. in the coming week. So, yes, $1 billion is happening. It should happen today on Saturday, January 12th. Jason Momoa went to Instagram to, of course, post a thank you to all the fans where he posted a picture of him holding up, you know, one finger saying, uh, Malalo, everyone, for making Aquaman the number one movie in the world. I love you guys. I'm so proud of this movie and everyone that worked on it. And uh, so that's that's just a I, I just love seeing, you know, the the thankfulness and the support and the outreach with the you know, with our DCEU stars on social media, thanking the fans for, you know, not only going to see the movie, but really, if, if you want to be honest, this only happens because not only do people go and see the movie, they enjoy it enough that they want to go back and see it multiple times. So, you know, we're still we're still about a month away from the end of the China run and then Japan hasn't even launched yet. So we got a lot to look forward to as far as the box office success of the DCEU moving forward. Uh, There has been an announcement. Well, it's not really an announcement. Uh, One of those Twitter sites, and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to apologize for not knowing the 
exact Twitter handle, but the, uh, but one of those Twitter sites that really uh, tracks physical media releases uh, posted a an, uh, posted a picture of what the artwork is going to look like for the at least domestically in the U.S. for the Best Buy Steelbook, and uh, it's going to be another one of those situations where they are I think recycling. Well, it might be accurate. It might have a connotation that's more negative than I mean, but the the comic artwork that they are using for the Best Buy Still book is actually the same cover that was illustrated by Frank Cho and was a uh, variant for the Justice League Aquaman Drowned Earth one-shot that came out last month. It's a beautiful cover. It has the Momoa-inspired Aquaman and also has Mera on it. Uh, I've already got this sucker pre-ordered. You know, so far, Best Buy has only failed me one time with the Wonder Wo- with the initial Wonder Woman steelbook release, and this looks like a beautiful uh, steelbook that I will be more than happy to add to my collection, and I'm sure that Ray over on DC's TV Squadcast and Fans of the Borders agrees with me. Uh, the Aquaverse Twitter handle is uh, reporting that Aquaman's physical release will be happening on March 26th, so they also included a picture of what the standard artwork will look like, and it will be that um, really sort of pretty montage uh, poster that we saw over the summer that came out around the same time as Comic-Con. It's also the same artwork that was being used as the cover art for the soundtrack album. So if you've got the soundtrack album for Aquaman, that is the exact same artwork that will be on the physical movie release going forward. So that, that sort of wraps up our Aquaman news. I mean, we're already talking about, you know, the physical release. This thing's coming out fast and furious. No pun intended. Sorry, that that was not what I meant, but okay. It was kind of funny. I mean, let's be honest. Tim wouldn't think so, but, you know, he's not here. (laughs) Uh, And that's really all of our, and that's really sort of all of our, you know, movie news proper. It was a very quiet week, uh, except for the, except for really just kind of acknowledging that probably next week we should probably start hearing some Birds of Prey and the Emancipation of One Harley Quinn news because production has been rumored to begin next week. So hopefully we'll start getting some reports, maybe some set videos, you know, who knows what might be coming out in the in the next weeks or so about that film. Now, moving on, uh, the, the next little bit that I have to talk about before we get into really sort of the television side of the news for this week really has a lot to do with the future of, you know, Zack Snyder as a director and some big things that are happening this week. The first thing that I wanted to bring up was something that Zack Snyder posted on Vero on, uh, I believe it was, it was either Tuesday or Thursday. I'm getting my dates confused in my head. But one of those days... Zack Snyder made a post on his Vero account a, uh, announcing the new name of his, or rebranding of his production company. Now, of course, in the past, we have all known that his production company was known as Cruel and Unusual Films. Well, he made a post on Vero that started off with New Year new identity, and it basically makes the announcement that the new production company is going to be called The Stone Quarry. And there's an image of, you know, uh, a, a, a hammer and a, you know, 
I'm going to be frankly honest. I am unfortunately am very ignorant of certain tool terms, but I, I you know, I would no, hammer and chisel. I mean, what am I, what am I saying here? Hammer and chisel. And it's called the stone quarry. And the, the, the logo, which you can probably find online, you know, has the image. There's kind of rays emanating from the hammer and the chisel. And across the top banner, it says film, television, and animation. So I think that's going to be kind of fun moving forward. So it really does sound like that now with the new offices completed, you know, Zack Snyder and and Deborah Snyder have moved their offices off of the WB lot and they're ready to kind of have a new year, new you approach moving forward, including this new rebranding of their of their production company. So looking forward to seeing that happen in the future. Now, probably the bigger news that was Snyder related this week, and this just this just happened in like the last 36 hours. Zack Snyder posted on Vero and then later made his first post on Twitter since March of last year about his contribution to this whole idea of the fan-initiated fundraising that was specifically being done on like Ink to the People, where a lot of fans have been publishing t-shirts where proceeds were going towards the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. I know that McD and the Nerd Queens did a great t-shirt campaign towards the end of last year uh, that was the I Heart ZS shirts. I contributed to that. That was a shirt I wore to my Aquaman release. And, you know, the idea is that any money that was made from that um, from that campaign was being donated to the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Well, Zack Snyder uh, has designed a shirt and has put it up on the on Ink to the People, and he is selling the shirt as a way to raise money for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. And it's it's a it's a very interesting shirt. Uh, it is called All the Gods. He has posted it with this description: Proud of the work everyone has done raising money for suicide awareness and prevention. Honored to do my part to support the T-shirt design campaign. Uh, The shirt is a black t-shirt with this very elaborate uh, infograph or iconograph on the front and on the back has a quote from Joseph Campbell that says, all the gods, all the heavens, all the hells are within you. And really, as you study this shirt, you realize that the symbols and the clues are all regarding his original plan for his five-part Superman Justice League epic. And I'm going to be honest, it's a lot to dissect. I mean, there are a lot of people who have already, in the first 36 hours, have poured over this shirt trying to figure out what it all means, what do we already know, what 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 can this tell us about what that original five-part saga was going to be about. Now, if you are a puzzle junkie or a symbologist, I mean, this is like a candy store for you. Now, I would like to direct people's attention to two particular analyses that are out there that I think are very much worth checking out. Uh, The Film Exiles podcast and John Aaron Garza of DC Films Hub have each published their own analysis of the image. Now, you can go and check their Twitter feeds. Uh, You can check out my Twitter feed at ScottDC27. I retweeted and shared both of the analyses. Uh, It's worth your time to read both of them because it's right at this point, it's interpretation. There's so many different ways that you can go about interpreting these images until 
until we get some side of some sort of confirmation moving forward. Uh, there have been, however, just in the first 36 hours, uh, a few confirmations about what some of the symbols mean. John Aaron Garza had com- got confirmed from Zack Snyder on Vero that the A that is wrapped around the globe is a reference to the Scarlet Letter by Nathaniel Hawthorne. I, I do want to give a shout out to John for asking about asking me for my English teacher input. I really appreciate that, John, and good one on you for figuring that one out. Uh, Snyder did, however, uh, in his confirmation, did ask John a follow-up question about, okay, if the A is from the Scarlet Letter, then what does the globe represent? So the 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 the, the clue master continues. Uh, now there's a image at the bottom part of the of the whole symbol image whatever you want to call it that shows a coffin with a w on it that le- that a line leads to the bat symbol that then has another line that leads to an image of a baby and eric m blake on vero uh theory came up with this theory and posted it on vero and he says love it lois conceives at the farmhouse where she and clark catch up on lost time after his resurrection and she's pregnant throughout justice league 2 and bat Batman saves her by trading gunfire with Darkseid, sacrificing himself to save the world. And she gives birth at the very end, and Lois and Clark named their baby son Bruce. So that was Eric Blake's theory. We'd already we'd already heard the idea that you know Batman was going to die at the end of Justice League Two, a la Final Crisis. And Zack Snyder uh, replied to Eric with a clapping hands emoji. Now we here at the Suicide Squadcast uh, have received independent confirmation that this was the original plan. John Aaron Garza of DC Films Hub also received confirmation that this was the plan. The idea that Batman was going to sacrifice himself to save Lois. Lois was going to give birth to a son. And they were going to name, and Lois and Clark were going to name their son Bruce Kent in the original five film plan moving forward. Now, if you look at this image, there are many other obvious references and reasonable interpretations to different parts of the image. I bring these up because these are the ones that have been confirmed by Zack Snyder himself. Uh, now, there are other things that you can, you can a little bit more on the nose. You know, you've got the translation of the Latin phrase that means justice across the top there's a greek phrase there's a greek phrase that is inscribed on the hilt of the sword that's the centerpiece of the image there's even a very direct allusion to the fountainhead by ayn rand that if you've read that novel you understand the meaning of that reference and uh, that was also going to be an Easter egg in the Snyder Cut of Justice League. There was going to be a ship probably in the same area where Aquaman was that was going to include that uh, allusion to Fountainhead. That would be the Cortland uh, reference. So if you don't know what that is, you can look it up. Or if you can go check out the Fountainhead, it's all there. Now a little bit of uh, a update about the campaign to raise money for the American Foundation of Suicide Prevention. As of the time of this recording, the t-shirt campaign has sold almost 1,300 shirts and raised over $26,000 for charity uh, off of initial goal of $1,000. Now, the campaign will be running all month, so you still have time if you're interested in picking up your shirt and helping out a great cause. And uh, if you're curious, they are shipping internationally, and scheduled delivery is the end of February. Now, like I hinted at earlier at the top of the podcast, I do believe Jordan and Chris are planning on getting together and doing sort of their own analysis for our Patreon feed. I may or may not be able to make it to that, but if not, Chris and Jordan, 
have fun. I can confirm that about two-thirds. I I can confirm that two-thirds of the podcast right now have already ordered their shirt. So we're all looking forward to getting in on the code breaking. I mean, honestly, this just feels like a a rehash of those days when the Da Vinci Code by Dan Brown came out. It's like everyone's just going, you know, code code breaking crazy. So check it out. Have fun. It's it's a fun time. And I will personally comment now that it is fun seeing my Twitter timeline um, being very positive. Everyone is in on the fun and I'm I'm enjoying myself. So that's all I had to say about that. Uh, we are now moving into a uh, you know the, the TV section of the podcast. Uh, there has been a teaser trailer that's been released by HBO that does include just a few seconds of images from the upcoming Watchmen television series, which I keep on forgetting that this is coming out. You no, know, I I keep on reporting it and then I forget about it, and then the next time there's news, it's like oh yeah, that's a thing, and like this coming out this year. Uh, it's really just sort of an over. Overall uh, trailer for all of the HBO shows coming out, I guess, in the 2019. The few seconds of Watchmen show a lot of people in masks. We see more images of those police officers in the yellow masks. And then, of course, there's like a few lines from Jeremy Irons. So if you're interested, you can go check that out. It's not a whole lot. I'm, I'm still waiting for a larger, devoted trailer just to Watchmen because I really am excited for that series. Uh, so moving on to some DC Universe news. Congratulations, the international audience. You can finally see Titans now. It dropped yesterday. On Friday, January 11th, that date that we kept on hearing about for Netflix, that was the release date for Netflix international accounts. Titans has dropped. It is there. And now, unlike the re- those of us in the United States who had to watch it week to week, you can now like binge the whole thing at one time. And I hope that you're taking advantage of that and that you are enjoying the series. For some of our international listeners, I will remind you that we did review every single episode of Titans. So if you want to go back and re-download those episodes or if you have them saved, please go back and listen to our reviews of every episode of Titans. Uh, spoiler alert, Tim and I enjoyed the series a lot. So please go back and check out that series. Uh, it was fun watching the cast get in on the fun. I know that Tegan Croft and Minka Kelly and Ryan Potter and Anna Diop, they were all on, mainly I saw it on Twitter. You know, they were doing fun little videos or making their own little posts, just celebrating the fact that internationally everyone can now see Titans. I, however, am very happy to report that despite some of maybe the misleading information or the unclear information that received, in the U.S., DC Universe is still the exclusive source for Titans in the United States. So it is not like those of us in the U.S. who are paying for DC Universe. It's not like we're paying for this year's subscription and then Titans is now dropping on Netflix in the U.S. No, if you're in the U.S., you have to you have to be a subscriber to DC Universe to get access to this show, which I'm happy I'm happy to hear. Uh, you know, it still rewards us United States subscribers. It still hopefully pushes the subscriber model forward. I think that makes sense. I know that at one point, Tim, Ray, and I were 
speculating about what this would mean if, you know, in the U.S. you were able to just wait till the season was over and get Titans on Netflix and not have to be a DC Universe subscriber. But no, if you're in the U.S., you got to subscribe to DC Universe to watch Titans. And But now everyone else internationally can enjoy the series just like we have been for the past, you know, what, 11 weeks. So everyone go out, watch some Titans, enjoy. It's a great show. Can't wait for season two, which I do hear season two is about to start filming soon. So can't wait to start getting some news about that. Uh, We've continued to get even more casting news for Stargirl that will be on the DC Universe. Uh, Deadline's reporting that Luke Wilson, who... You know, I I best know from movies like Legally Blonde. Uh, he has been cast to portray the mechanic turned superhero Pat Dugan, who pilots Stripe, a hulking 15-foot robot of his own invention. Uh, Stripe is also the sidekick to Stargirl. Jeff Johns in this Deadline article was quoted as saying, When I first moved to Los Angeles in 1996 and saw Bottle Rocket, I became a huge fan and admirer of Luke's, and I literally wrote this part for Luke, hoping that someday and somehow he'd play Pat Dugan. I only envisioned him, and now I feel like I won the lottery. Luke's talent, humor, compassion, his presence and professionalism, and his creative collaboration, his ideas, we're so lucky to have him alongside Breck in Stargirl. And then uh, the... Deadline also has the show's official description of Pat Dugan, a.k.a. Stripe, and that description reads, Pat Dugan once went by the less-than-inspired superhero name of Stripesy, sidekick to a young hero known as Star-Spangled Kid, and later Starman of the legendary Justice Society of America. Reminder, that's the character that Joel McHale will be playing in the Stargirl series. Today, Pat has left his sidekick life behind him, and when his new stepdaughter, Courtney Whitmore, discovers Pat's secret past and takes on Starman's legacy, to become Stargirl, Pat is forced to come out of retirement and once again become a sidekick to his stepdaughter, this time piloting a 15-foot robot called Stripe. So, wow, this really is just, this whole entire Stargirl series really just kind of says that this show is going to be like the JSA according to Stargirl. And I am all ready for that. Uh, I, I am looking at, I'm actually literally looking at my three giant volume omnibuy of the JSA series written by David Goyer and Jeff Johns thinking, I'm going to have to read you pretty soon, aren't I? Take it! You know, just, you no. Know, not that I ever complain about reading, but just things that's like, I'm reading this, but now i got to read this. It's kind of like Ray's problem, only not as big. Yeah, we're going to move on. That's just, that's painful to think about. Oh, uh, we also got a ton of of DC animated movie news in the past week or so. The first thing I want to start off with is just a reminder that hopefully you're hearing this in time. If not, sorry. That Reign of the Superman, there's a Fathom event this Sunday and Monday at select theaters in the United States where they're doing a almost three-hour double feature of The Death of Superman and Reign of the Superman. It's Sunday and Monday. Sunday afternoon, Monday night. Uh, I, unfortunately, will not be able to make it because there is only one theater in my entire town that is showing it, and it's the one that's, like, across, like, 30 minutes across town, and I'm just not going to be able to make it to that. But that's okay. I already own The Death of Superman. Uh, Reign of the Superman will be dropping digitally on Tuesday, January 15th, for your consumption. And if you don't want to pay for the digital copy of Reign of the Superman, DC Universe will will be premiering Reign of the Superman on January 29th, the same day that the physical release is happening. 
course, I will be picking up my Target Steelbook, or at least attempting to pick it up on Tuesday, January 29th, because, you know, let's get physical, physical. But uh, yeah, so you've got the digital release, if you can't wait, you've got DC Universe dropping on the 29th, and then you've got the Blu-ray and 4K releases happening on January 29th as well. Uh, Other news we got, uh, The Hollywood Reporter is reporting that they had the the official cast listing for Justice League versus the Fatal Five. Uh, one thing I noticed when looking at all the images is that this very much looks like a Timverse style animated film, uh, which makes sense because Bruce Tim is executive producing the movie, uh, and it will include Kevin Conroy as Batman, Susan Eisenberg as Wonder Woman, and George New burn as Superman. So the Trinity is coming back from Justice League and Justice League Unlimited to be in this film, which, because it was the Fatal Five, there was some question about how much the Legion of Superheroes was going to be involved. And the answer is, yeah, a lot, because we will have Brainiac 5, Saturn Girl, Starboy, and uh, the Fatal Five. And this will include... uh, Tara Strong, Kevin Michael Richardson, you know, uh, Tom Kinney, you know, we've got a lot of, we've got a lot of the, you know, we've got a lot of, you know, really well-known voice actors, you know, you know, joining Kevin Conroy, Susan Eisenberg, and and George Newbern as Superman. Uh, One of the big uh, casting names that came out was that uh, Diane Guerrero, who, of course, I remember from Orange is the New Black on Netflix, but she's also going to be playing Crazy Jane in Doom Patrol on uh, DC Universe. She has also been cast as uh, Jessica Cruz. So this will make Jessica Cruz's only second appearance in animation. She did appear in the uh, DC Lego Aquaman movie that came out a few months ago, but this will be her second uh, animated appearance. Apparently, the Fatal Five is trying to capture her, or you know, inner or it, it, the the plot will revolve around Jessica Cruz as a brand new Green Lantern. So that is going to be fun. Um, I'm looking forward to that film. Uh, the rest of our animated news and the news that's really going to kind of wrap up uh, this week's episode are all scoops, exclusives, depends on your definition, from Revenge of the Fans. Uh, Mario Robles over there is gotten several has gotten a source unnamed of course that has been sharing a whole bunch of information about uh, upcoming uh, direct-to-video animation projects uh the first scoop was that the batman hush uh animated adaptation that has been announced um apparently according to his source will be one of these in continuity films like death of superman and um Reign of the Superman and all the other previous sort of New 52 inspired uh, movies based on the voice cast uh, that is being reported for Batman Hush. Those voices would suggest like uh, Jason O'Mara as Batman that this will be that the that the Hush movie will be incorporated into this direct to video continuity that they have been having since Justice League War. Now, in addition to that scoop, uh, the other two scoops are new announcements or new exclusive scoops about what some upcoming films are going to be. 
Now, on January 4th, Revenge of the Fans is reporting that Warner Brothers Animation is planning on doing a standalone two-part adaptation of Batman The Long Halloween. Now, this will be a release probably in the same vein as The Dark Knight Returns when they did a as you know faithful adaptation of the story, but they did break it up over two films. Of course, that also makes me wonder if they're going to do the same thing they did with The Dark Knight Returns and eventually edit them together into a deluxe edition where it's just one long film, which, you know would be my personal preference. I mean, I understand why they would break it up into two parts. It's more money. It's more units. It's more money. But it's like, ah, just go ahead and edit them together into the eventual longer release that we know is going to be coming down the line. But let's be honest. Am I going to go ahead and buy the two separate releases? Of course I am. I can't wait. Uh, it, the the source was also telling uh, Revenge of the Fans that the cast will include the likes of Troy Baker, Jensen Eccles, David uh, Deshmalen, and among others, uh, no names were associated with the cast because the, I guess the, as reported in the exclusive the source was afraid that if we if he gave out the 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 actors and the characters that you know that would basically identify the source so there's that news the and then four days later Revenge of the fans was back with another exclusive uh, announcing that Warner Brothers animation is also planning on doing a Superman Red Sun adaptation uh, this would also would be, of course, since it's an Elseworlds tale, would also be another standalone uh, animated release. Now, this one was kind of confirmed on accident, question mark? Because apparently 10 minutes after Revenge of the Fans posted this story, Atric Diedrich Bader, who was listed in the article as being in the cast, uh, retweeted the... Uh, tweet with the comment excited to be a part of this now Bader apparently quickly uh, deleted the tweet likely because the studio was like don't confirm this yet. it's not official but uh, voice actors that are reported to be associated with this film include many 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 actors who have voiced DC animated projects in the past including Amy Acker Diedrich Bader uh, Jim Ward Jason Isaacs Jason Spizak Paul Williams Phil Lamar Phil Morris Roger Craig Smith, Tara Strong, Travis Willingham. I mean, all, all names, all names that, you know, have played various DC characters and various animated projects throughout the catalog of animated DC properties. So, I mean, kind of big news. I mean, let's be honest. Does this shock anyone that they're planning on doing a long Halloween and a Red Sun animated? I mean, I have filled out enough of those uh, Warner Brothers A-list community surveys. There's like, which animated projects would you like to see included in, in future adaptations? And Long Halloween and Red Sun are always among the choices. And let's be honest, they're always ones that I end up typing and going, yes, Long Halloween and Red Sun would be awesome. And I'm glad to hear if it's true that they're planning on a two-part adaptation of Long Halloween because that thing was like a 13-issue miniseries. You don't need to try to fit that into a 75-minute movie. So uh, I'm still kind of curious how they're going to, even if they do two of those, how they're still going to be able, like, how much are they going to have to trim it down just to fit the long Halloween into, you know, even a two-part adaptation? Because they're still probably going to keep it only at about 75 minutes the way they always are, so you know, we'll have to just wait and see. Well, guys, that's it for this week's podcast. A little bit of a shorter show, not too short, but, you know, once again, you know, makes it a perfect little solo show for me to do today. Uh, so that's going to be it. Thank you so much for listening. It's been a lot of fun, and of course, as always, we'd love to hear from you. 
You can, of course, reach out to the show at Suicide Squadcast on Twitter. I can be reached uh, independently at ScottDC27 if you feel like talking to Tim because he's going to have no idea what this sounds like until, you know, he listens to it. But, uh, you know, you can reach him at Alan Fire. And you can, of course, email us, SuicideSquadcast at gmail.com. We love interacting with you guys. You know that. So please don't hesitate to reach out. You can also find us on our Vero accounts, our Facebook page, uh, our website, SuicideSquadcast.com. And, of course, don't forget about supporting us over at Patreon.com slash Squadcast Media. Uh, That's going to be it for this week. So to all the listeners, we'd like to remind you to go out and keep reading DC. Bye, guys. I know there are trolls. There's trolls every time. There's trolls all over the internet. One thing is, you know, guys, don't 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 quote these. Don't quote tweet these people. Take a picture. Don't give them don't give them any attention. Because you got to remember that when you quote tweet these people, all you're doing is letting me know who these people are. I never know who these people are until they get associated by you guys. But I mean, these people who are trying to turn the Zack Snyder T-shirt campaign for the American Foundation of Suicide Prevention. I mean, why give them the time of day? If they want to turn a fundraising campaign for a great nonprofit organization into something negative, then let them stew in their own negativity. Don't you don't need to shine any light on them. I mean, personally, I prefer this the the squadcast approach to dealing with trolls, which is this.